This is the Frank and Friends Show. Hi there, I'm Frank Murphy. I'm Becca James, the girl with two first names. You know I love it when you say that. I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for being here. Happy, I guess it's close enough to say Easter, you know, because my yeah. wife has put out the, the Easter decorations. Yes, that you clearly stole from the White House. Well, not the bowl. <laughs> so happy Pasqua, happy Holy Week, happy Maundy uh, today. I think it's, you know. You know, happy day of the week if you don't celebrate any of those. <laughs> Well, you're, actually, I wondered about uh, you and your family, because for you, this would be Eastover, or is it... It's... it's, it's pa- no, it would be um, uh, Pastor. No, I can't be Pastor. Can't, eastbound and Down. You can celebrate that. <laughs> you know, it's not a couple thing, so we don't have to try to come up with a silly name for it. Um, but yeah, no, we, we generally just go with like the Easter traditions. You know, yeah. we, we bought the, the dye kit so we can, you know, d- dye the Easter eggs. My kids really are into that. Yeah. Um, and they love to search for the eggs. But really, all they care about candy. This is second Halloween. That's second <laughs> Halloween. Yeah. I'll, I'm, you know, just that. Without the work. Without the work. So that makes it better. <sighs> Now, you'll have to come back after Easter. In fact, if you can, I'd love it if you come back um, next week or so, because yeah. um, my wife does this thing where she likes to fill her um, plastic eggs with jelly beans, mm-hmm. and then we take we get the camera ready, and she'll do this. She'll hold it over her head, and then crack it open, and we take as many pictures as we can as the jelly beans cascade yeah. down the front of her face. Yep. That's so pretty cute. It, it always looks like, you know, oh, we get the one perfect picture, but there's so many that don't. Oh, yeah. There's so much that goes on behind the scenes just to get there. Yeah. Speaking of which, I want to backtrack because I mentioned that you stole these eggs from, ha- from the White House. I, uh, so what is the story? Because if you can see these, they say a family Easter at the White House, 1990. Well, I was there. So what, what's the story behind that? Well, in, um, well, first of all, please subscribe on YouTube. Thank you. Um, <laughs> In the late, well, when I worked at uh, WAVA, all hit 105, yeah, or Power 105 or whatever they called it that day, um, we often would do events around town, and for whatever reason, the DJs, the, the star DJs, Don and Mike, were invited as local celebrities to go to the White House Easter egg roll, which is on the day after Easter every year, and they would have celebrities autographing wooden eggs. Oh, that's cool. And it would be like local TV and and people that the Yeah. The public would recognize. And then the kids would go out and they would have they would, you know, take these eggs that have races where they have to roll them down mm-hmm. the lawn. Maybe with a, I don't know if you use a spoon or a spatula, whatever you do. <laughs> but at one point in history they swapped out plastic eggs or real eggs probably for plastic and then eventually for these nice little wooden ones and uh, they're always printed and I don't know why we got so many in 1990 because we have one from 1988 yeah and then I don't think we were invited back in 89 different color palette it looks a little smaller well this was a different president actually if I think about it these are two different presidents yes so uh, but in um 90, there must have been a, an overabundance, a plethora mm-hmm. of the eggs. Plus, we had another kid by then. Frank Jr. was born in January of 1990. Yeah. So I'm guessing that the DJs, Don and Mike, probably gave us their extras. That makes sense for, so that you can use them for the kids. For and Frankie, and, yeah. yeah. So anyway, we saved them all these years, and we pulled them out you know, at Easter time and make a nice little display. It's a nice memory. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a big deal to go, you know, be at the White House uh, for that event, but, not, but also to get to go in... Through the security, you don't have to send in your social security number in advance. Oh, yeah, you have to do the whole You've restricted access. Yeah, right? I've done the restricted mm-hmm. access tour because my sister worked on the Hill when um, she was right out of college. So we've got yeah. to do the behind the scenes stuff yeah. and the, the White House tour back yeah. when I, do, I don't even know if they still allow 
that type of tour anymore. Uh, they started having similar things. I mean, I, I haven't been since before the lockdown, but um, I think Obama was president last time I did the White House tour. Because oh. I remember seeing him walk through the garden on his way, you know, around to get around us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> what? But, but we would go with the White the yeah. uh, FBI Citizens Academy and things like that. Um, I, I think they were, I saw a picture of somebody... Yeah. Like taking a partial tour or whatever they're doing. I think they're starting to open that back up. Yeah. But I remember when we did the, the Congress tour, you couldn't even have your keys. If your keys were remote, um, you know, like a beep-boop car. <laughs> a beep-boop car. You know what I mean? If you, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, anyway, so we had those. I didn't know this rule. So we get to the gallery, the peanut gallery, to look down on the Congress. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, no, you can't have that. Because it could be a trigger for a, a, a oh, for a weapon. Oh, it could be a remote detonator. So they make, but they have a, a big box of cubbies, you yeah. know, like a mailbox, like, and you just give it to them, and they put it in there. Just hope you get the right one back. It's like, what car am I taking home now? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that reminds me of in the old days of going to movie screenings in Hollywood, where you'd have to put your phone in a bag. Yep. You've done this. Yeah. I think, I think actually that was in Knoxville we had one of those. Um, when I was uh, living in Houston and I would go to like two or three a week because, you know, that was before kids and I could do things like that, uh, there were many premieres that we would have to put our phones in a bag. Sometimes if you were with press, they might let you leave them. But, I mean, there were no. people staged within the theater with like Hawkeyes, like yeah. looking for like night vision trying. goggles. Yes, to make sure they really were. Yeah, to make sure so you didn't it was, record. It was serious business. Yeah. Well, anyway, um, I don't know why we got on that jag, the security jag, but I'm happy that you're here. I'm happy that you're watching, liking, sharing, subscribing, especially yeah. on YouTube as we get closer and closer to 1,000 subscribers, which then makes life easier. Um, Smash that follow key. Now, let me ask you about your celebrating St. Patrick's Day still with this uh, built-in <laughs> yeah. flask on your arm. <laughs> no, it's not a flask because it can't get wet. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now, I knew a kid in um, first grade. We, he used to suck his thumb, and we wrapped his, they, the teachers or whatever they did, they wrapped his hand up in a similar fashion so that he couldn't get his thumb in his mouth. Oh, well, I have an ironic side note regarding that. But basically, um, not basically, I play softball, and I was warming up. I'm a pitcher, and I caught a ball wrong because I am right-handed, but I caught the ball with my left, and I go to put my right over it, you know, two hands, proper yeah, form. Mm-hmm. But I, I must have, like, bent my thumb under and the ball hit straight on and it hurt a little bit but not that bad like it was one of those delayed reaction things I was like oh that kind of hurt took my hand out of the glove or not hand out of the glove but I was just like I, I tried to move it like so I was doing this number and I was like okay I can move it it's fine it hurts a little so continued playing so, well like, this was like, before the game started oh. so then I played the entire game and just I got six or seven strikeouts in slow pitch softball that game so can I just say best game ever <laughs> On a what I thought was a jammed thumb. Throw some dirt on it, shake I did, it off. I did exactly what I did, um, and I had ice packs from my kids' lunches because they were usually in the dugout <laughs> during the games, and so I was putting those on them in between innings. Um, so I played the entire game, and then I waited two weeks, and they're like, "Man, that's still swollen. Maybe I should go. Weeks. Maybe I should go have that checked out." I swore it was just jammed. Broken in two places and dislocated. So the moral of the story is, (laughs) if you are over a certain age and you hurt yourself at all, just go to the doctor. (laughs) Just go. The doctor actually told me, he's like, it's a good thing you don't wait any longer because it started to heal. Because I had to clear my schedule and we did surgery like a few days after that visit. Oh, there's surgery on that? Oh, yeah. They had to do surgery. There are three three screws. It's not just a cast. And a pin going straight down. You can... 
Uh, I, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it went through, it's like through your skin there. It's, yes. There's, if you see like, the X-ray, I'll, I'll show you the X-ray later if you really want to be grossed well, out. Well, I will, actually. But it's, yeah. it's literally, the, the, so because of the dislocation, they had to put the pin in it to keep it in place. Mm-hmm. And then they had to put screws to fix the bones because it sheared off on two sides. So, and there's some kind of like super glue or something holding your skin yeah, closed or what is that? Yeah, it's just like some kind of skin glue yeah, that's yeah. keeping the pin in my thumb. Okay. So it doesn't like push out. Oh, sure. Yeah, you wouldn't want that. Yeah, but it's always fun. That way, when it's one way to ruin Easter. <laughs> Pins up. <laughs> it's always fun when your orthopedic surgeon is like, yeah, I don't see injuries like this. This is this is going to be a tough one. And I'm like, awesome. So lots of experience with this then. So maybe- no, actually, my doctor was incredible. I The whole experience was more surreal just from the fact that I was in utter shock the moment he's like, yeah, you need surgery. Yeah. And I was like... Like, like, as in, uh, knock you out, it's ether under the... Oh, yeah. I'm not Ana- ether. Anesthesia. Sorry. Anesthesia. Ether, that's the 1800s <laughs> when I had surgery. And thank, and thank God it's not like that anymore. Yeah, I, I totally. They, they knocked me out and... I'm pretty sure I had an ether surgery once when I was ki- a kid. I'm pretty sure. I can see why you would block out that memory. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it was just... <laughs> so it the was, ether blocked it out for me. <laughs> so you, you, you went under. You went under. That, that makes sense why you went into a career in broadcasting and radio. <laughs> <laughs> so you had you were under the anesthetic completely out completely out for the oh surgery because um, I remember when I was coming out of it and whatever she's like how are you feeling I'm like no no I'm good and then I must have been like 30 seconds after I became alert that I was like ow oh my god this really hurts yes I want the pain meds because I, I'm like no I don't really like pain because I really I, I don't even yes. like taking Tylenol so I was like well let's just give me a little bit of it and we'll just see how much I really need at the end of two hours, I had taken the full dosage, and it was still barely manageable at that point. And I was like, okay, maybe I will get the prescription filled and take take the drugs for a few days. Yeah, and, yeah. And then three days later, I got on a plane to Vegas. That's what I, I noticed. This. I don't know. I, I, I have a question. Becca James, my dear friend. Are you a Vegas person now? I am I am not a Vegas Were person. Were you a Vegas person before? No. So, so you- I... Had a girls' weekend trip planned since October with my girlfriend. To Vegas. To Vegas. But then, because now I work for Cat Bus and our, um, the National That's Transportation not... Association was having a conference Let in Vegas that, that happened to be a week before. Cat is K-A-T. It's Knoxville Area Transit. Yes, sorry. Excuse yeah, me. it's fine. Doesn't everybody know what Cat is? Um, you should. And check out catbus.com. We just launched a new website. It's really fantastic. Um, <laughs> it is. I'm proud of it. I'm talking to my friend Bean in New Orleans. He wouldn't know. <laughs> He doesn't know what CAT stands for. Um, but yeah, So, yeah, so we had this conference. So this conference and my girls' trip were, were literally, like, back-to-back, one week apart. So, yes, I've been to Vegas a lot this year. But other than okay. that, I'd only been once before to visit a friend who actually lived there. Now, did you go to a show? Did you go to... Yeah. What did you see? You went to the Cirque du Soleil show? I saw Beatles Love, which... Even if you don't love Beatles music... Is that a Cirque show? It is a Cirque du Soleil show. And they use the negative space of the theater. It's theater in the round. I mean, they use every inch of that theater. And it was it was magical. It was trippy. Explain. I now know what it must have been like to go on an acid trip. Okay. Um, but You're in the best theater. way... <laughs> You're a theater kid, and I'm not. But I, yeah. I love theater. What is negative space? Um, well, like, so we're occupying physical space, so yeah. the air space around us is the negative space. Oh, it's not on the stage, but it's in so the it's above. It's above the stage, and it's like, like they would have um, these strings of lights that would, like, come down from the ceiling, but it was dark, so you couldn't see them, so all you see is, like, the flashing lights. Okay. For Lucy in the Sky was Diamonds. That was right. the song that it went into for that. Um, and, yeah, so, I mean, it was just all 
encompassing around the stage. It was the my favorite Cirque show I've ever seen. I've seen about five. Um, they've all been spectacular, but yeah. this one really and so that you went, went up a notch. Which one of the two trips you went to see it, or or both? Just the first trip, I saw mm-hmm. that. Um, the second trip, we went and saw Jimmy Buffett. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah. So, and I apparently so, learned that most parrot heads who are of an older generation are also potheads. There were lots of references to Reefer, and I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, the name who of knew? the band, it's Jimmy Buffett and the Coral Reefer Band. Oh, I guess I didn't realize that yeah, part. Yeah, because you think it refers to the ocean, right? I, I guess I thought that, too. I guess I've never paid attention to what his band was called. Well, it's always been, guy, like, just Jimmy Buffett to there's me. There's some guy named Mac McAnally who mm-hmm. is part of the Coral Reefer Band, and he's got a concert in Knoxville oh. coming up. You should go. He was an incredible musician. Oh, all right. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I one, I grew up on Jimmy Buffett because we would summer at South Padre Island when I was growing up. So my yeah. dad was always jamming Jimmy Buffett. I did a lip sync. Okay. Back in the day, because I was such a nerd, we did speech and debate tournaments. And in junior high, lip sync was a form of competition. And so I actually had this really amazing cheeseburgers in paradise my, lip sync to a Jimmy Buffett my song. My whole radio career is because of a lip sync contest. <laughs> what? I tell you, let's keep going. Okay, that that was really it. I just just to say that, yeah. So so we saw Beatles Love, saw Jimmy Buffett the next weekend. Um, I didn't do well. That's not true. I lost five dollars in slots for my mom my first trip because she's like, oh, go go put a quarter in a slot machine for me, yeah. and I'm like, mom, there aren't quarter slots, and I don't have anything less than a five. So and she told me she'd split the winning. So I'm like, all right, mom, you're down two fifty, and she's like, all right, well, try again. So <laughs> my grandma used to give me a quarter every time I had to go to Vegas for business with usually with Mark O'Brien or KLOS. Yeah. Uh, my grandma always t- asked me to you know bet a quarter for her in the slots. I've never won anything. But yeah, I mean, I would I would get up a little bit and then lose it. It was no big deal. Um, but we did play roulette at Golden Nugget my second trip there because we did what Fremont Friday. Yeah. We were a little extra that trip. And <laughs> <laughs> so we found like these roulette tables. And so we were playing roulette. And so I did eventually win about like 20, 30 bucks on roulette. But then I lost it the next day playing at the hotel. Yeah. So, but I broke even. So, haha, Vegas. <laughs> I didn't win any money, but I didn't lose any either. So I feel like that's a win. That's a win. Right? That's a win. <laughs> All right, well, let me take a moment to uh, talk about this episode's sponsor, which is bonezones.com. Mm-hmm. Don't forget the S. And I got an update from Susan over there that some of the items are uh, currently sold out, like the orange hats mm-hmm. are sold out, but you can still get the black. Of course, orange. The black caps, you know. I don't, well, I don't really want to necessarily put that on the Easter thing. Um, also, the right now they're out of gold skulls, but you can get still get the silver skulls if you want the uh, the beautiful paperweight. So here's a silver skull, and um, I feel like Vanna White right now. Where's the long sleeve T-shirt? <laughs> You've got the the long sleeve T-shirts are new and in <laughs> stock, obviously, because they just got a whole shipment of these beauties, the um, Body Farm long sleeve tee, which you know I think. And you think in uh, in East Tennessee, it's getting warm enough, but don't forget, we still have dogwood winter and blackberry winter, and um, there's, anyway, there's a bunch of little, there's six little winters of, mm-hmm. of East Tennessee. And, and I, I jinxed us because I, I washed and put away my kids' winter jackets, so yep, sorry. You ruined it. It's all you. <laughs> and um, something else they've got at uh, Bone Zones now is our friend Sam Venable who's in the East Tennessee Writers Hall mm-hmm. of Fame, I uh, might point out, and often has speaking engagements when we're out and about. Mm-hmm. Uh, several of his books are autographed and available through BoneZones.com. Mm-hmm. If you want to get a nice autographed, like, let's see, this one it says... It's nice that they're autographed. Sam Venable. Nice. Uh, this one, A Handful of Thumbs and Two Left Feet. 
the joke's on you. All I did was clean out my files. Which okay, is that's literally... about all I can hold right now. Just that's fine. You don't have to hold them all. That's fine. <laughs> um, warning, this product contains nuttiness. And my favorite of the Sam Venable titles is um, Someday I May Find Honest Work. Because it sums up like our lives in broadcasting, his life in journalism. You, you can't believe that that's what we may, how we got a career out of that. But Yeah. So those are available at uh, bonezones.com. Don't forget the S. <laughs> you might also be able to get a good deal on an Art Bohannon t-shirt and book combination. Check all those things out. Because actually the way it works mm-hmm. is you find what you want on the website, and then you either call Susan or uh, send an email, basically. And she works with you on a one-on-one basis because oh. you might want the stuff personalized, for example. Yeah. You know, if you want Especially Dr. if it's a gift or Yeah, if you like want that. Dr. Bass to write to mom or to Becca, um, there's a little bit of back and forth interaction on that. They want to make sure they get it just so. So it's that personal touch at bonezones.com. Don't forget the S for the autographed Dr. Bass merchandise. Yeah, all right, that's enough of that. Um, <laughs> I wanted to make sure I covered, I, th- I had a Absolutely, lot. Absolutely, it's very important. You I, did have a lot. I have more in the bin. But like I the feel other, like their their warehouse is now your house is the storage. For oh, oh, heart! I, I had an appearance with um, the Bone Zones team recently because mm-hmm. Dr. Ba- Bass has been dealing with Meniere's disease. So uh, what is that? It's like a an ear disease that affects his balance and gives him vertigo like symptoms. Ooh, that's not so it affects good. his hearing mm-hmm. and his balance, and it makes it uncomfortable for him mm-hmm. to really be anywhere other than an easy chair at home. I mean, he's ninety four and a half. You gotta is cut he the guy. Really? Yeah, you gotta cut him some slack. Yeah, he'll be ninety-five in August. So um, there's a couple of places that have contacted Bone Zones, like, well, we really we want we're having an event. We need a guest speaker. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Susan, but this one was a. Um, I'll tell you exactly who it was. It was oh. the <laughs> Tennessee Law Enforcement Training Officers Association. Okay. Okay. And you have a Christmas ornament. Well, they gave me after I gave a speech. Oh. I gave a speech to so the So they tennis. wanted Dr. Bill Bass and they sent you? Well, and others. <laughs> so um, he, Art Bohannon, the fingerprint expert, was already mm-hmm. scheduled to appear. Yeah. And then one of Dr. Bass's doctoral students, who's probably my age, Dr. Hugh Berryman, okay. uh, spoke about the, the, the law enforcement angle of they were doing bone collection was the topic. Okay. But uh, they wanted some of that, you know, Dr. Bass body farm magic. So they added me to the agenda as like an opening act. It was supposed to start at nine, but they said, well, have at night a.m. Nine oh. in the morning in Gatlinburg. <laughs> All right. So they said, Frank, you'll go on at eight thirty in the morning in Gatlinburg, which means leaving the house like at six forty five to get there. It's an hour and 15 minute drive to get there at eight. Yeah. But I'm thinking of like, but what if you hit rush hour traffic and all that kind of stuff? Well, um, I'd be paranoid. I would leave at six just because of paranoia. I wouldn't want to be late. That's a good point. That's a good point. I was fine until I got to the traffic lights in Gatlinburg, and I was, I, I was, you know, I again went on at eight thirty. Yeah. And I, but I was in the room at eight oh five. I wanted to be there, you know, eight o'clock, but eight, mm-hmm. I was still twenty five minutes early, so I was fine. But anyway, they liked the speech well enough that they gave me um, some merch from oh, the, from the guys. That's nice. So I get up there and I did the speech about really Dr. Bass's life story. Yeah. And the origins of the body farm and some of the notable cases that he's been. It's just this nice little, you know, half hour yeah. slideshow. Um, and, and now apparently there's a, someone else has recently contacted Bone Zones on a day that we're not sure if Dr. Bass is available or not. So uh, I think I may end up doing my cremation lecture again. 
Was that the same? No, that's a different one. Okay, I, I was like, wait a second. At the, yeah, I've got two now. <laughs> I've got two. At the Rose Glen Literary Festival, I did a lecture on um, Dr. Bass's study of cremations and hmm. fire deaths. Happy Easter, everybody. <laughs> um, but <laughs> but <laughs> I also have to tell you, while I'm boasting on myself, yes, it's been a busy, um, a busy time. Uh, I've been not, you know, it seems like it's been since Scholars Bowl. I know I keep saying that. It just, it's like you. We've as, been on fast forward for months. I saw, really for years, but really these last a lot months. of catch up. Yeah, I saw yeah. A, a meme that says adulthood is constantly saying to yourself. Uh, I'll wait till next week after things slow down for the rest of your life until you die. You know yes. that? Well, <laughs> I'm for April, I'm gearing up to record more of the up-close interview shows. Oh, yeah. So we do those in April and November. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Scholars Bowl is October, November. and mm-hmm. But I also book the guests, so that takes... So I've been thinking about the up-close shows The pre-production now is yeah. a lot more involved than most people realize. Right. So anyway, uh, like the my Aram Demergen interview was on mm-hmm. recently, and I, I thought that went well. Yeah. My Brian Selesky interview will be on at the end of April. Okay. And then we run out. Then then the new episodes that we're about to film in April will the start showing. The next season will start. Yeah. Well, then, <laughs> yes, exactly. I guess that will be the end of season, I don't know, season two, and then we'll, the season three episodes will begin in May. Well... I get the program guide in the mail, you know, and it's got, I was looking here to see, because there's this blurb, the first thing I do is open it up, and it's got the blurb up close with Brian, Frank Murphy, Brian Seleski on oh. Wednesday, April 26th at midnight. Midnight. Are you even going to be up that late to watch it? Well, it's a Tuesday night. Oh, so, so you'll have just come home from Einstein. So I get home, yeah, I get home at 11, so. Which side note is, if you didn't know, he's also in an improv troupe. And he had a staff meeting this, you know, last oh, week. Oh, let's talk about that in a second. But yeah. I, this is a quickie. When I show you, I get the uh, the brochure in the mail. And he's on the cover. <laughs> next to the cast of um, Call the Midwife. And so I, I took a picture of this. I'll put the picture on the screen so you can see it. But That's awesome. My, I sent it to the, my family. Look at me. Look, I said, look at the cover of the East Tennessee PBS yeah. program guide. And my son writes back, oh, is that Kit Harrington? Apparently, this guy is from Game of Thrones, and he's... Oh, like, <laughs> that's why he looked familiar. I was like, he looks familiar, but I couldn't place him, because I'm actually not a Game of Thrones fan. I, I never watched the show, but I know the face. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so that was my son's joke. Oh, look at this, Kate Harrington. And that's Kira Knightley. I mean, but you're also... I know, but you're right. You're up there with, like, the echelon. Yeah, it I doesn't mean, make any sense. They, obviously, the... <laughs> It does make sense. I know I'm on the channel a lot. I figured, here's how I justify it. I'm on five days a week, mm-hmm. 52 weeks a year. So whatever that is, that's, I mean, because they rerun Scholars Bowl. You're asking me to do math right now, and, and I'm going to have to decline. I, I run Scholars Bowl, and I certainly should. <laughs> maybe I'll make this a question. If I'm on this channel 52 weeks a year times five days a week, how many episodes is that a year? So that's 260 days a year. And then you add... Times how many hours? The 12... Um, well, that'd be half hours, so that'd be 130. Okay. okay. Uh, 30. But then you add the 12 episodes of Up Close. That's 272 shows. And then you add the various pledge drives that I'm on throughout the course of the year. <laughs> So you're basically on nonstop. Well, I mean, and it makes sense why you'd get a front row. Yeah, I can justify front page it. Photo. I can justify it now. <laughs> <laughs> but when I first got it, I was it's so like, wait, surprised because they took they didn't I didn't pose for the picture. Oh, you it's, didn't because it's a good picture. It's a screen grab from the show. Yeah. Yeah. You look good. I don't even know which show. <laughs> uh, one of two hundred and seventy something, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> I guess I could get out my wife's uh, wardrobe spreadsheet and see when did I wear uh, Hold brown. On. Jerry has a spreadsheet for your wardrobe. Yeah. Oh, you want to see it? <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 brilliant. I got the wardrobe. I uh, mean, I guess if you're on that much, you have to keep your wardrobe, you know, constantly changing and make sure that you're. If you are repeating any sort of outfit, there's enough time in between, and those episodes aren't going to be back-to-back. Yeah. So I, I can see the need for that. It was just, you know, not many people keep spreadsheets on what they wear. Yeah, I don't forget what it's called right now. I'll just show you off there. Okay. But, yes, she does that. She has a, a thing where I, I look at it each morning before I go in, and, uh, okay, this episode, I'm wearing this jacket, mm-hmm. this shirt, this tie. And because I bring... I was going to say, you will record multiples at times, so you have to have the wardrobe changes with you. Right. So if we do, we'll do three episodes. At Scholars Bowl, we do at least Mm -hmm. three at a time, sometimes six. And and that's, I can't. (laughs) Those are long days. When you you see me, when you say, why does Frank seem so tired? (laughs) He seemed fine yesterday on the show, but today he's just dragging. Probably because one was taped at 9 a.m. and one was taped at 3 p.m. on the same day. And I'm like, yep. That makes sense. Yeah. So I, I wear like, one or two shirts, and then six, the ties is really the only thing that changes because I rotate the jacket combinations and the yeah, that makes sense. shirt combinations. So I don't have time to change everything, but I, I can I can quickly change. The yeah, tie. you can change the accessory so it doesn't yeah. look the same. There's a you know we could do like some spot the difference. Yeah, like that you could do a whole book of that. Oh, I, I that's mean, with enough appearances. That's a fantastic idea. <laughs> um, well, you asked about our staff meeting, and I do want to mention we had a great yeah. time. And in fact, one of the folks at uh, East Tennessee PBS called me the other day about an upcoming pledge drive for mm-hmm. Brit Floyd or whatever show it is we're going to do. Okay. Um, when I do the breaks and say, you know, if, if you join East Tennessee PBS right now, you can get tickets to the upcoming Brit Floyd concert at the Tennessee Theater. Ooh, so um, the um, they asked, what was this meeting you had the other day? <laughs> Okay, so let's let's back up just a little bit. So if you watch the show, Whose Line Is It Anyway? Mm-hmm. on TV, um, Wayne Brady has been a famous cast member, Ryan Sty- cast member, Ryan Stiles is on it, and there's a lot of other, like, you know, you'd recognize their face, comedians, and then every now and then there was somebody that was, you know, has, has grown to fame since they've been on the show. When it was on ABC, Drew Carey yeah. was the host, and since yeah. it's been on the CW. It's Aisha Taylor. And she's and great. She's fantastic. I went I drinking kind of with have her. A girl, I kind of have a girl crush on you her. You should. She is, she is fantastic, and she's so funny. I went drinking with her in Vegas. <gasps> I mean, not Vegas, in New Orleans once, one night. Oh. Before she was I'm super jealous. famous. But I'm still jealous. She still just seems so awesome. She came to the morning show boot camp DJ convention. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm aware of those things. Never mind, um, but I'm aware. And she came as a guest of the company that I worked for, which was Comedy World Radio Network. Okay. So, um, and Kevin Ryder from K-Rock and Aisha and... There were two other comedians who were more, one was local to New Orleans and okay. anyway, two, two dudes. Yeah. And we all went out and just, and spent, I, I love her because she would come in as a guest on the show I had on Comedy World, oh, produced on Comedy awesome. World also. She went to Dartmouth. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, she's just really. I mean, to be as funny as she is and just you and just anybody in comedy, you have to be really intelligent. That's what people don't realize. It's, it's very hard to be funny like that. Well, because you quickly, we all see connections. You all see the connection between this and this, and if you're able to see the connection faster and turn that into a grammatically correct sentence fast, <laughs> really, or a punchline, yeah, you know, that's what I mean. You know, it's yeah. It's, 
So, whose line is it anyway has gone on tour? So, it was here in Knoxville last week, and Frank and I ran into each other. Yeah. Because he was there for the staff meeting because <laughs> he is on, uh, he's a member of our, our local improv troupe, Einstein Simplified. So, if you have never seen them, I will say they are just as funny as the actors Thank in you. Whose Line Is It Anyway. So, I shouldn't be they salty. Just, they just can't sing. Oh, no, we can't sing. <laughs> Can't. And that was the difference. These guys sang a lot on stage because they had Bob Burkatch playing the piano, and he's so good. He's and brilliant. then they not only came up with these jokes on the spot in the moment, but then they also put it to a song that is could yeah. have been any genre from jazz to 80s rock, which was probably my favorite moment that of the was night. Good. Um, and they sing in tune. Yeah. And then they harmonize with each other, and it, it just boggles the mind the level of talent that takes. Now, we could up our game. I mean, I'll say that I was a little salty that there were 1,800 people in a sold-out Tennessee theater paying $60 on average probably per ticket to uh, to see who's live anyway mm-hmm. on a Tuesday night in Knoxville, Tennessee, which is the same night that we normally perform for free over at Scruffy City Hall, or as I like to say, free to get in, but you got to pay to leave because... <laughs> We passed the tip jar at the end. Yeah, it did not. Um, it, it crossed my mind that I'm like, man, I haven't gone to see Frank do his improv thing on a Tuesday night in a really long time. But and my I excuse am. has always been because it's a Tuesday night. To be fair, my friends bought the tickets like uh-huh. months ago and, yeah. and, and invited my husband and I. Well, I bought mine on the pre-sale. I mean, I used the pre-sale code. Of course you I, did. <laughs> I knew for a fact I was going to skip Einstein that night. It ends up. That everybody in the troop. I was about to say, I thought y'all just canceled the show because I recognized most of the members of the troop well, I'll put at the, the show. I'll put out our new, yeah, we, put, we took a troop photo in front of the poster. I saw it. It looked really lobby. good. Yeah. I'll put, uh, so all of us were there. Yeah. In fact, even one of the kids who's auditioning to join the troop was, ended up sitting next to my wife. <laughs> and I'm like, what are you doing here? I was like, I don't know. My mom gave me this ticket as a present. I didn't know it would be next to you. <laughs> <laughs> but it makes sense because that's what you'll do so of course yeah. you'd want to see a show that's yes. about that because we don't have that much live comedy come through Knoxville well there's a new guy who is starting a series once a month at the square room oh. it's called hip to be square comedy but it's stand up okay but, so these improvisers come through and, and you're right you know and you asked me because um, yeah, what was that comedy club that used to exist in Knoxville side splitters yes because since side splitters closed in what um, well, it's been 2015. Yeah, I feel I like it's know. been close it's, to 10 years yeah. because when it closed, we moved from, uh, we used to do Einstein there mm-hmm. and we moved to Scruffy City Hall. And I think, yeah. we, well, no, actually, there was another stop in between. Never mind. Uh, so it's probably been 10 years that it's closed. Well, it can't have been 10 years because I've only been here 10 years okay. this fall. So maybe eight years. Fair enough. <laughs> But well, we used to do the Einstein shows there, yeah. and I did I even did mm-hmm. some stand up out there. I remember because I, I saw a couple shows of yours out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the um, so the idea then is, oh, never mind, I lost it. <laughs> <laughs> and when you get older, sometimes thoughts just well, it doesn't matter because I was more interested in what you were talking about anyway. <laughs> there was probably some other you know improv thing. But yeah, so you know, also Einstein simplified Tuesday night Scruffy City. Frank and his troupe do stand-up comedy, and they take the audience suggestions to come up with things on the spot, and it's really we have, fantastic. We have been talking about, there's a, there's a disc, you can, CD, and I guess you can buy it in other forms, uh, that Laura Hall from Whose Line made, mm-hmm. and it's called Improv Karaoke. Okay. And where she does these basic instrumental tracks. Here's the jazz tune. Here's the rock tune. Oh. So if you have a troupe like ours, and you, what you would have to, and that's what these guys do, is they know the tune, 
Yeah. They have practiced to the same basic tune. Yeah. And so that all I have to worry about is making up the words. And I have found, well, I, when I'm mm. singing an improv now, I steal a tune. Well, time out. You, you actually sing, Frank? When I'm singing an improv, I'm pretending to sing. I'm acting like I'm imitating a singer. I'm, okay. So what I'll do, it's not good. So I'm I guess, I guess, because you probably know already if you subscribe to Frank and Friends show that his wife, Jerry is a professional singer and yep. is incredible, yep. but it's never come up that you sing. So do you actually sing? Can you sing well? No. Okay, I didn't think so. But no my, offense. But, but my just... wife will say that when he's outside of his head and when he's not thinking about it, how bad he is, mm-hmm. and when he's trying to imitate someone else singing, <laughs> okay, he's passable because he's not thinking about it oh. of him, as himself. And I'm trying to realize I'm talking about me. This came up in a Front Page Follies years ago where they all knew I was terrible, but I begged and pleaded to do a solo yeah. on the um, this old Bob Hope song, Thanks for the memory, talking about a politician who had lost and was finally out of public life, but mm-hmm. he was a source of constant humor. So I wanted to do it because I love Bob Hope. I didn't really even care about the politics of the joke. Yeah. So when I get up there, they, they, the director's like, oh, they were thinking about cutting the scene because nobody believed in me. Um, and he's like, all right, well, we'll practice it one time. So he starts, he, does, he looks at my wife and goes, I don't even know what key to play. And my <laughs> wife whispers to him, I found this out later. My wife whispers to him, let him start and try to just guess and figure out what key's in. Because this guy's a brilliant musician. He could easily do that. Exactly. So I start in with the, thanks for the memory. And the guy um, looks at my wife, and I could see him lip-syncing something to her. And he's saying, he's in the right key. And it wasn't that I was in the right key. It's that I was imitating Bob Hope, and I had practiced yeah. to the recording of Bob Hope a hundred times So before. you're mimicking the yeah. actual artist makes you passable. So when I'm in... No, so I try to take that trick to the improv stage. If I have to sing something, I'll like take an opera tune or a Christmas tune. Okay. Like the easiest one is okay. uh, from Rigoletto, oh. La, La Donna Es Mobile. I'm not as cultured as you, so I will smile. I that. only <laughs> learned this recently... I was watching David Crawford on on um, a Metropolitan Opera recording of Rigoletto, and okay. anyway, so you would know the tune because it goes La Donna Smoke. I don't know the words. So then, if you have that in your head and you know you want to sing about celery or whatever it is the audience has asked you to sing about, you just start singing. You know you. Okay, I, okay to, I can see that. Once you break it down like that, I can see what the process would be. Right. But then you still have to come up with words and jokes in real time, and that's still incredibly difficult. I for, don't for like celery. It tastes like hellery. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably why it's funny. All right. Well, I appreciate you being here, and I need you to come back and do more of these episodes okay. because there's so much we have to get caught up on. Just don't break my arm. Yeah. I mean, I met you the day you came here for your interview, and I feel like I've been friends with you this since the moment we met. We before, met. really, because you reached out before I even came for my interview. Lucky me. <laughs> <laughs> so um, please do. Um, well, let me first yeah. give the plug for Audible. If you like audio entertainment, whether it's our podcast or whether it's any of the constant barrage of new uh, audiobooks <laughs> and material podcasts, mm-hmm. custom audio entertainment, everything that's being uploaded to Audible on a regular basis, uh, you can go to audibletrial.com slash show and get a free 30-day premium membership 
membership, which includes a credit for an MP3 download, and that happens every month. Every month you get a new credit. So you get one during that first month. You can burn them one at a time. You can bank them and spend them on something that's more expensive in terms of credits. Whatever you decide is up to you. But if you use our code, you're supporting the show at audibletrial.com slash frankandfriendshow, Mm -hmm. and it transfers to all your devices, whether you're listening on the phone or on the Alexa or on the... Yeah, if you have a Kindle... Whatever. Yeah, yep. all the things. All right. Uh, also, we've got our merchandise, our Frank and Friends show merchandise, yes. like the cups, like the towel. I don't even know if I have time to unfold, unfurl the towel that you get because I was going to show know, that. But it is getting close to summertime, so if you need a new beach towel for the summer, there you go. I was going to show you the hoodie because I had that. The, I wore this to the uh, improv show the other day. Mm-hmm. And it's, this is the, you know. And it's the, good quality, too. Yeah. It's, it's, it's cozy. It's nice. It's nice and warm. All right, uh, and you can find that at frankandfriendshow.com slash store. Uh, most of all, and I, I, on the next episode, I'll tell how I've been going to these church luncheons and working the crowd and handing out magnets. Not a lot. You know, you, you got to do what you got to do. But I met this new family. I met this, this family I've been seeing at church for a while, mm-hmm. uh, and this guy Peter, who's in Knights of Columbus, he's like, he, and they, cause they're professional introducers, right? So he, know, he knows the, the etiquette. I said hi to Peter, and Peter says, Frank, do you know uh, Jess and his wife, Dana? I'm like, oh, hello, Jess and his wife, Dana. Yeah. I've seen them. Yeah, but you not actually met them. So. Right. And so that's nice. And I said to give them the magnet, so please listen to the shows. And then my friend Emily Stroud, mm-hmm. you remember her from Channel 10? Mm-hmm. Well, she, she's at this church luncheon. Actually, the reason she's there is because I dragged her over there. But <laughs> that's just... I said, why don't you come over to the luncheon? Um <laughs> But she said she'd watch the episodes, and I noticed the subscriber count went up after uh, yeah. I gave her the magnet. So, so, so appreciate so, that. So by the, the March, um, and then all of the channels, Frank and Friends show on all the podcast Facebook, apps, podcast apps. Oh, but then, but then also don't forget social media. So because that's the way you can view the videos, you can like and share them with your friends. Yeah. All that stuff, so. Thanks so much. Okay, then. Um, I know you got to go to work, so that's why I got our I got our <laughs> day jobs. <laughs> right. Am I right? Well, I got to go to my. <laughs> My questionable <laughs> job over there in the kitchen, too. <laughs> well, I got to do a radio show for Lake George, New York, and oh. it's still winter up there, so how do I explain my seasonal allergies? But <laughs> I think you just pretend you're like affecting some funny voice for the day. <laughs> <laughs> it is the Frank and French show. Thank you so much for watching. I'm Frank Murphy. I'm Becca James. And we'll talk to you again next time. <laughs>